Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie and our company's name is First Inspection Services. We cover the greater Cincinnati area. We also have a location in the greater Dayton area and the greater northern Kentucky area. And today's episode I'm going to title Who Am I and Why Am I Here? In other words, who am I as an inspector, a home inspector that is? Well, as a home inspector, I try to be very helpful. That is our job. We try to reduce your risk in buying the house, and we have fiduciary duty to you to look out for your best interests. That said, why do I home inspect? Why do I inspect properties? And what is this all about? Well, I'll tell you a little bit of background. As a former engineer, I got kind of bored with that career. Yeah, it was helpful to a degree. Uh, I was working for somebody else, and that's a good thing. It does does get you a, a paycheck, uh, benefits and so forth, and all that stuff. But in the reality, I didn't feel as helpful as I could be. So through a turn of events throughout the years, um, one or two layoffs, a couple of layoffs from different companies, I landed an opportunity to go into home inspection. Why did I do that? Well, first of all, I've always been very comfortable around properties, doing renovations, knowing how the house works, knowing how a commercial property works, all the ins and outs, and actually I've managed uh, a 30 apartment building complex that was not glamorous and the stories I have could go on for days and probably someday I should write a book about that for some of the excuses people make for not paying rent and and that sort of thing Um, but that said being helpful what is that all about well I tell you what as a as a home inspector I have a different office every day I have a different customer every day I have a different setting every day and the house or property that I inspect is always going to be different from the last one. And I get an opportunity to be helpful. For myself, people have personalities that are all different, of course, and we all have things that drive us. The thing that really drives me, and, and my friends will tell you this, if I don't feel helpful, then I don't feel like I'm living. So it all boils down to how helpful I I can be. That's not saying that I want to always carry somebody's groceries in, uh, take out the trash. No, I'm talking about tangible things like, as a first-time home buyer, how did I help them be successful down the road? Did I just tell them the nuts and bolts of the house and how to take care of it? No. Maybe I threw in a little bit about hey, do you want to put $100 aside a month in a home emergency fund? And that way, at some point, when when you need a new furnace, you can pay cash for it. And make that account to be a totally separate account that you don't take pizza Friday night money out of, you don't take vacations using, you're not going to dip in there for any other reason other than home emergencies. If I can tell somebody that, and they look at me and say, hey, that's a great idea, I'm going to do that. Or if they text me a picture later on after they've moved in, 
Look at this. We followed your advice. Oh my gosh, that makes my day. I feel so, so useful and helpful that that just, you know, sends, sends shivers down my spine. That's just great stuff. So that's what makes me tick. So am I in the right career? Yep, I do believe so. If I can go in a crawl space under a house and see nasty crawly, creepy crawlies, mud, whatever it may be, maybe evict a, a non-poisonous snake, uh, whatever, and I have cobwebs on me and I come out and I'm still smiling, then that's a true key. That's, a, that, that's the great anecdote that I know I am in the right career. So that being said, what else makes me tick? Well, I love driving out to an inspection. Typically, if I can avoid the highway, I do. I try to leave a little early. I like to see what's going on in town or wherever I'm going. If there's cornfields and wheat and soybeans to drive past, that to me is great stuff. If I can roll the window down and take in some of that great air, since I do live in the city, I like, I like to take in country air as much as I can and, and refill my lungs with it. That's good stuff too. I love seeing the stuff out in nature. I love taking in new architectures. These things just, just make, uh, make the best come out of me. Um, I like newer houses, older houses, architectural houses, unique houses. Um, the clients, I love asking questions with my clients. You know, what do you do for a living? How, is, you know, how handy do you feel? Um, try to gauge who they are so that we can explain things in ways that they understand. We had one client one time, and I'll never forget, he's looking at this little mark on the wall, and this little mark was just that, a little mark. It was just a little imperfection in the drywall tape. And I remember him saying, is this going to be a problem? Well, at that point I knew I had to dial back my explanations of things, and I had to really point out what are issues and what are not, and the priorities of things, and so forth. Another thing that we have to pick up on Sometimes the client will maybe feel like everything that is going in the report, they're going to make the homeowner fix, no matter how small. Like maybe that mark on the wall I just talked about, a little imperfection in the drywall tape. Well, that's just not realistic, especially on first-time homebuyers. Uh, sometimes people go through these different seminars and whatnot, or, or maybe somebody told them, that the homeowner is always going to try to take advantage of you or the realtor is always going to try to take advantage of you or you need to make sure of this because the home inspector is going to try to take advantage of you. It's not really like that. It's, it's a win-win scenario and that's how you want to try to get to be a win-win scenario where all parties benefit. So that being said, it's not realistic to expect your your buyer to get everything that they're asking for on the report and you have to our job is to help them prioritize those things so that their expectations are managed and of course the realtor needs to do a good bit of that too that the home inspection is a risk reducer it is not a risk eliminator I had a call this morning, for example, of somebody who mentioned that they bought a house 10 years ago and they had us inspect it, and she said that we didn't point out that there was lead-based paint in the house, and now they found out there is. 
Well, I had pointed out to them, I said, well, go back to your original paperwork and please remember that you did sign a lead-based paint disclosure form because the house was built like in the 1950s. And the other thing was is we don't expressly do a lead-based paint test uh, as part of the home inspection. It's a non-invasive inspection of all the readily accessible areas of the home. And we're certainly not going to take a razor knife and slice off part of the wall and, and stick it in a bag and ship it off to a lab without anybody's permission. Now, if somebody wants to do a lead-based paint test, we're, of course, going to get permission. And that might be difficult to get permission. Nobody wants a chunk of their house taken off um, to, to do that. And it's not always there's not always a flake of paint available in a windowsill to, to use for that. But if the house was built before 1978 or 78 and before, that's going to be lead-based paint. So it just wasn't realistic. So I had to think about, gosh, did I manage their expectations well enough back then? Well, maybe I should have mentioned again, but again, they had already signed the lead-based paint disclosure form. Uh, perhaps they didn't read it or didn't have a clue what it was. So. Our job really is, is kind of tricky because depending on how well versed the homeowner or home buyer is with the home buying process, they could very well have questions all over the map and we have to try to decipher what is going through their mind. Are they scared? Are they looking to get out of the home purchase and have buyer's remorse already? Or are they so excited and they're not taking things seriously and they've got a tape measure they're measuring where the furniture goes and they're not even listening to us so another one for example this morning arrived at the house and this was actually just a few minutes ago and I am recording this as I drive back to the office but that said the client was there and her mom was there and her future mother-in-law was there and the realtor was there and it was really just a, 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 a kind of a chit-chat session about everybody being so excited about the house and so forth and I didn't want to be a bad guy but I said to the client the buyer I said um, well I, I hate to, to break into your conversation but can I borrow you for the inspection I said this to the buyer I said I, I really need you to kind of stay with me as we go through because of course you're going to be the one buying the house and looking after the house and fixing it and not fixing it but taking care of it and doing the maintenance and so forth so I need to show you everything about the house so that when you get the report you understand everything that I'm saying in there and then of course the the inspection went went pretty well there were some unique things about it but these aren't things that I mean none of these things are things we haven't seen before I will say that there was one unique item that really is a head-scratcher it's going to take a little bit to, to figure out. And that was, well, our company is one of the few that does pool inspections. So we're inspecting the pool. And at the bottom left rear corner of the pool is the lowest point in the backyard. And the backyard backs up to a pond. That's a neighborhood pond. And, yeah, there were actually geese out there. And it was kind of hard for me to get to that corner of the pool because Mama Goose and her ten uh, goslings were out there and, she was all pissed off that I was walking where her baby geese were, which I think are goslings. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but whatever. Um, and that lower corner of the yard also 
is where the sump pump discharge pipe, which is underground, and the left rear corner of the gutter downspout may be emptying out. So the, the, the ponding or pooling water that I saw in the yard, I couldn't determine if it was from a pool uh, wall or drain leak or if it was simply from the sump pump discharge. I'm guessing and I'm leaning towards the sump pump discharge, but again, our fiduciary duty is to the client and we have to look out for their best interest, which I guess is redundant. Uh, if you look up the root word, the etymology of, of fiduciary. And so I did, and I did explain to her that I want her to have a pool, qualified pool technician to determine if that pool is losing any water, if any. I don't think it is, but since I don't have a shovel, and again, it's a non-invasive home inspection, I don't really have the permission to dig up the yard and see if that pipe is there, which is what I really wanted to do. I wanted to dig up the muddy area in the rear corner of the yard where the geese were uh, and dig that up and see if I can see that three-inch discharge pipe, or actually it's a two-inch discharge pipe from the sump pump, and I hope that that was right there causing the water because I really don't want this couple to have a leak in their pool. And that's just would make the transaction so difficult. And one more thing to fix and just, you know, just a pain in the butt. So at any rate, that was uh, an example of the things that we have to go through. Um, and, and that really just makes it an adventure. I had never seen that before. I've never been to a pool inspection where I th think that the pool is leaking water. So that was a first. Actually, there was one other one, but that pool was on a, almost a cliff. So that was a problem in and of itself. Um, so um, that made today very unique. Again, I have a different office, a different client, and a, a different setting every day that I go to do my career. Much more exciting than being in a cubicle. Um, I don't have to deal with Dilbert uh, in, uh, unless, uh, you know, I deal with, with unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, I don't deal with Dilbert every day. Uh, I get to hear stories of people dealing with Dilbert, and that's all well and good because part of our career also is being a psychologist or a sociologist or a babysitter and, and all the above. Um, we are the person that, that is sort of like the bartender, I guess. Uh, people are going to tell us what's going on in their life uh, with respect to here's how I came about buying this house and, hey, I need to ask you. And, and I know a lot of times when people are asking questions, especially some of the guys out there, uh, when they're asking a question, honestly, I'll get a question sometimes where they'll say, is this the furnace? And I'll be very surprised that they're asking that, but, you know, with a nice, nice tone, yes, that's the furnace. And then they'll ask, is that the water heater? And part of me, you know, inside is going, my gosh, how have you avoided learning that in life? I, I don't, but again, we gauge the conversation to those who are experts in furnaces that know more than we do who work on them on a daily basis all the way to somebody is not sure if that's the furnace or the water heater uh, so either one's fine you know our our uh, conversation will be scaled to whatever level we need and we enjoy the conversation regardless so that makes it all good 
I hope I haven't babbled too much, but I've really enjoyed this uh, episode and it's just given a little bit of insight into the mind of a home inspector and what types of things we go through. I think most home inspectors out there really do like what they're doing, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Uh, I've been doing this now going on, or I'm somewhere in the middle of 11 years, and uh, our company's been in business now 16 years, and we aren't going anywhere anytime soon. We're not frightening clients. We haven't frightened any in 16 years, and that's all good. I do put a a shout-out to our realtors out there and that the realtor i highly recommend if you're buying a house you use a realtor can you do it without a realtor of course you can will your life and job be a lot harder yes it will your realtors know the ins and outs of especially the appropriate price of a house are you paying too much are you selling it for too much selling it for too little Uh, how to go about finding that house especially in this market in the maybe 125 to $250,000 range in the, in the area, in those desirable areas, neighborhoods, and so forth, it's going to be hard to find those houses. And you're going to need a realtor to be able to find a house that perhaps hasn't gone on the market yet and has already gotten three bids on it, that sort of thing. Your realtor is the one who's going to be able to find those. To do that yourself, well, as, uh, as SpongeBob said, good luck with that and i'm going to close on that note on a spongebob up note or high high note i should say and without further ado thank you for listening and this has been richard mckenzie with another episode of the successful home ownership show and until our next episode happy house hunting and happy house selling and i hope you find the house that you are looking for And if you're in the Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area, give us a holler. We'd be glad to help you out with that. Otherwise, enjoy this information and make good use of it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.